Good evening, listeners, and welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday evening, the 10th of November 2023. Now, this week's show, we're going to be looking ahead to the weekend ahead, as we always do, and it's football day taking the main post this weekend. Clonmel commercials, of course, in action on Sunday in the uh, Munster Senior Football Quarterfinal. Again, that's live here on Tip FM, with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. We're also going to be looking ahead to the rest of the football action over the weekend. We've Grange Mokler, Bally Neal in action. We've Sean Traces in action at a provincial level. We also have the Junior B final happening. We're also going to have a chat with Anthony Shelley about just the state of football in general and maybe what kind of rule changes or things like that can come in to improve the game as a spectacle. Towards the end of the show, we'll be looking ahead to uh, the AIL rugby with uh, Cashel's Peter Silk and of course Barry Drake will have our Greyhound update towards the end of the show. So that's all to come in the next uh, 50 minutes or so. But first, we're going to start with Clonmel commercials, as I said, Sunday at half past one in Semple Stadium. They're taking on Newcastle West. And uh, to talk about that, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Clonmel commercials manager Tommy Morrissey. Tommy, you're welcome back to the show. Thanks, Paul. Tommy, you've had a few weeks now since the county final victory, I suppose, to first celebrate and then switch focus, I suppose, to the uh, Munster Championship. And, and here we are now on Sunday in Semple Stadium against Newcastle West. How's the last couple of weeks been and uh, how are you fixed heading into Sunday? Yeah, last couple of weeks have been very good, uh, Paul. It's, uh, it was great to firstly enjoy the celebrations after winning the county title, um, and then obviously to take a couple of days to to rest and recover um, um, from the match and the celebrations. To be honest, and no, it was great. So yeah, you won't hear complaints on that side. But then obviously, it's enjoyable being back in training and looking forward into a into a monster championship campaign. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And. Uh, it's uh, Newcastle West, the opponents, of course, meet, met them last year in the the count, in the Munster semi-final, extra time beaten in Semple Stadium that day, a wild kind of finish to that game. But I know you, you, you won't be using words like maybe revenge or anything like that, but do you think the fact that the way it went down last year and things like that, that it might give the, the players that just a little bit more kind of of a, of a target in, in their mind to kind of maybe uh, right some of the wrongs of last year? No, definitely. Like it's it's um it's you're right, revenge isn't something we're after because you know, Newcastle West were the better team on, on the day last year and, and deservedly better after extra time, but you know, having got yourself into a semi final, you know, you would naturally be hurt to, to lose at that point when you feel there's an opportunity to progress further again. But we're not um we're not dwelling too much on on last year. Like you you reversed to what, twenty fifteen, um, Paul and Newcastle West you know, they would argue coming out of Clamel that day they should have had us and, and left one behind them. So um that's sport like and that's that's football. Like in some days you, you don't necessarily get what you deserve, other days you do get what you deserve. So we're just focusing on, you know, this new group of players that we have this year, haven't got through one the county title and now just happen to be playing Newcastle West again, um, in, in a in a quarter final this time, around earlier than last year. I think when you look at who's left in, in Munster this year, I think ourselves and Newcastle are the only two out of the 2022 campaign, who are who are back involved again um, with new champions coming out of the other counties. So, you know, there's both both teams are experienced in this arena as well. So, I think it's going to be no different than the last two times we've met in recent years. It'll be a tight affair with very little at the end of it, and and potentially going all the distance again. Yeah, 2015, there was two points in it. Then uh, last year, of course, extra time. Uh, in 2015, it was down in Clonmel, and I uh, was reading your comments with Eamon Wynn in, in The Nationalist um, this week. Um, would you have liked it in Clonmel, or, or what was your kind of ideal um, kind of venue for, for, for this game? 
Yeah, look, I suppose any 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 team you'd love to be playing in your home grounds. Um, you know, just out of, out of pride of, of having got this far and then to be representing your 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 town your town in that area. Um, but unfortunately, Paul, just the 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 pitch is just not suitable at all, and so therefore it would have been it would have been just the wrong decision to to, do, to play it there. So we just opted to go with with Temple Stadium for that reason. Yeah, and an awful lot of rain the last couple of weeks as well. So a lot of pitches around the the county are feeling the effects of that. Um, looking at uh, Newcastle West, I'm sure you're probably in at the uh, Limerick final last last weekend. They've secured three in a row. They bet um, a dare by a point. Uh, I think it was a three five to fourteen points. So they well able to to score goals like ER this year. So uh, could lend its hand to maybe a high scoring game. But um, what were your kind of takeaways from that game? I'm sure you might have been kind of cheering on hopeful and <laughs> hoping it might go to extra time maybe get a few more t- tiredness into their legs but uh, nonetheless they come out with a one point win but uh, yeah what was your kind of takeaways from that uh, Newcastle West uh, performance yeah no it, it was and I actually thought it's it's funny you referenced that that I actually thought I had, I had the makings of the game going that way to extra time because even, even Adair had a couple of chances at the end to maybe get an equaliser but they didn't um, and, and Newcastle West hung on um, yeah look they're didn't I didn't see anything that wasn't expected um, when I went down to watch it. They're they're a side that just don't go away regardless of what way the scoreline goes because they were six one down after twenty minutes um, and they looked like a team that you know weren't going to get back into the game. But the next thing they were just able to turn it around. They got a goal and all of a sudden six points to one 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 and you know there's only two points in it and dicting ten minutes later for half time. They're leading um, going in at halftime, so that's probably sums them up. Like you know, they're able to stay in a game, get themselves back into it, and, and then all of a sudden be in the lead. Um, they're very impressive side. They're very well disciplined, very well structured. You know exactly the style of play they want to do, and they're able to make that happen. So um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't shocked in any way. I haven't seen them because they are what they are and they have been that way for the last from what I've seen the last eight years um, they're, they're a well driven side and even though a couple of changes in personnel they still know exactly what they're at very well organised so we know what's coming at us Paul um, so from that side there'll be no excuses yeah, no, they've uh, they definitely have a, a nice sprinkling of really top quality players, as do commercials. And one of them is is Jack Kendy, and he of course missed the county final with a, a calf strain. Um, speaking to you after that game, you said you would expect him to be back. Um, how has Jack progressed from that injury, and do you think you'll have him available come Sunday? Yeah, no, he's 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 recovered well. Um, he's um, he obviously had to had to continue his re- rehab into the last couple of weeks, um, so he had he's minimal amount of time on the field. Um, but no, he'll hopefully be available to us, Paul, on Sunday. And um, that's great to hear. And, and also come Sunday, uh, I mentioned earlier that you know, you've scored a lot of goals, the six in the county final, um, and Newcastle West scored three. I suppose last year's game was a bit more kind of... Um, uh, you know, it was ten points apiece. I think going into injury time or going into extra time, so it was kind of a, a le- less attacking style of game possibly last year. But do you think things might be differently this year? Um, with the terms of, I suppose you're you're more more goal scoring oriented this year. Do you think it could be maybe a, a different style of game, possibly higher scoring than it was last year? Yeah, I suppose. Like, look, our our objective is to try to try and, and play a brand of football that's that is front foot and, and, and attack minded um, that doesn't necessarily always play out because obviously every team is different in terms of the style they bring um, Newcastle West yes they did get 3-5 in, in the county final last Sunday in Limerick 
Um, but I would still describe them as a team who are who are focused in terms of their structure defensively, number one, and then they'll try and, and, and counter-attack um, style football so and very, very effectively. And their goals last Sunday were, were as a result of that. Um, so it's, it's a difficult one to say. Obviously, we'll have intentions of, of as we always do, to try and, and score goals in the game um, and, and get the scoreboard to, to a high level. But that doesn't always play out like that because obviously you have the opponent who will have their own say on the game. And when you come up against you know, a team like Newcastle West, as experienced as they are, they're definitely going to have a say in the game. So um, I hope, Paul, it works out as an entertaining game um, and, and, and scoring-wise scoring, scoring wise because, look, it's, it's important. I think football football needs that. And um, yeah, it's hopefully, it's, hopefully it pans out that way. Yeah, yeah, and I think that whole discussion on football maybe is a discussion for for another day. But Tommy, thanks a million for your time. The very best of luck on Sunday, and hopefully when I'm I'm talking to you next, we're looking ahead to maybe a monster semi final. Appreciate that, Paul. Thanks a million. And that was Clamwell Commercials manager Tommy Morrissey speaking to me ahead of Sunday's game. Here, a reminder: live on Tip FM on Sunday at half past one, Clamwell Commercials versus Newcastle West in the Munster Senior Football Championship quarter final. Our coverage here on Tip FM is with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. Now we're going to take our first ad break of the evening. We're going to continue our GA talk after these. And you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 10th of November 2023. Now we're going to continue our look ahead to the weekend's Gaelic football action. Of course, Clamel Commercials in action on Sunday, as are Grange Mokler, Bally Neal, Sean Tracy's in action on Saturday. Plenty to look forward to over the weekend. And also, I'm going to have a quick chat here about just the game of football in general and maybe rule changes that could be implemented to make the whole thing more exciting. So to do all that and more, I'm joined by the man who's going to be joining me on Sunday to do co-commentary of the Clonmel game. It is Anthony Shelley. Anthony, you're welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Anthony, you're on duty with myself on Sunday for the uh, commercials game against Newcastle West, Sunday at half past one. Um what way do you kind of see this game going? Because, you know, coming into it last year, commercials had all the momentum after the Nemo Rangers win. And then they kind of were a bit flat against Newcastle West in Semple Stadium. Just how do you think they're they're going to fare this year? I suppose they'll, they'll definitely be more wary of the, the task in hand maybe than they were last year. Yeah, I suppose it's very, very, like they were so good against Nemo last year and it was a game that was live on telly, but they were so good in that. It's often very hard to to back that up the following week with, with another good performance but you know on the, on the day against Newcastle look Paul they were they, they were flat they never hit the heights of the week before but still it's a game they should have won I mean I think they came away with it was was the white count 17, 17 whites to three so like at the end of the day the name of the game you can have all the stats you like but the name of the game is putting the ball over the bar they, they, they can't afford to hit 17 whites this time have to be a little bit more more patient in their in their shooting and, and 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 select the right shots because as we know from you know going back to 2015 when they when 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 these teams met and then last year Newcastle uh, they're a decent side but they get a lot of men behind the ball so you're generally going to be under pressure shooting uh, because they're very aggressive in, in attacking the ball so it's just going to, it's going to have to be a little bit more patient and uh, you know they don't have to win this game in the first ten minutes. So that's what patience would be what I'd be looking for from commercials because because of the way Newcastle set up commercials will have will probably find themselves with the lion's share of possession because uh, Newcastle tried to try to hit you on the counter attack. Um, yeah, so if, if they're patient and I said 
take the right shot selection. Don't be going for don't be going for the Hollywood Hollywood scores like sometimes they did last year. Uh, and I think they, they probably will be okay. That's interesting because you be you be nearly thinking that oh look let's just you know, go all guns blazing get out into an early lead and you know make them come out of their shell. But you're saying kind of patient. Uh, let's not panic here and uh, maybe make the extra pass or two to open up a better scoring opportunity. Exactly. That's what that's what I'd be doing because, as you think, they can't exactly promote all guns blazing because even though right against against the Brackens in the in the county final, um, when when we did turn them over. We were able to get that get at them at the back, you know. Um, we did create opp- opportunities ourselves, right? So, um, Mercers be very aware. We'll have to be very aware of of being hit in the counter attack because if they have a weakness, that's probably it. Um, and they do tend to throw in the lazy tackle, maybe pick up a black card. They're they're all the things they'll have to guard against. Because if you remember last year, a black card in the last ten minutes or whatever, uh, Midgard has that. That bit more difficult for for a finish, and I suppose seven or eight minutes extra injury time as well didn't, didn't help their cause when they had to play with the ten men or the fourteen men. So yeah, I would I would just saying look, they're good enough to win it. Just be patient, and um, you know you don't you, you don't have to put on a Nemo Nemo Rangers performance uh, every time you go out. This is just about winning a game. Yeah, and uh, speaking to Tommy Morrissey earlier in the show, he mentioned that Jack Kendy should be good to go as well. So that's a, a boost for Clonmel. And just looking at their um, victory over Adair in our Newcastle West victory over Adair in the Limerick uh, County Final just last weekend. So Clonmel have the advantage maybe in terms of uh, rest and recovery and things like that. But um, I believe uh, Newcastle gave away quite a, a number of frees. So free taking, as is always important, um, down this stretch of, of a calendar year in terms of playing Gaelic games. Um, Jack Kendy, having him back is a huge boost, even just for, for free-taking and things like that. Exactly. If Jack was available uh, and, and if the leg was able to stand up to take him to freeze, it would be a huge boost because coming into the county final, I know he missed the county final, but he was their leading scorer. So, um, And, you know, Jack is... You've, you've seen it with Tip Paul. Anything within 45 yards, um, Jack, Jack will slot it over. So uh, yeah, if he was fit, it'd be a huge boost. But uh, you know, the the Newcastle they scored three in a row. They have now three county finals in a row. The three fives they got in the in the um, in the county final against the Dare. So you know, you'd say it's kind of a juvenile enough score. But they have some really good players like uh, Ian Corbett. There has been. Um, has been a f- fabulous player for them and for Limerick for the last number of years. Probably one of the best players in Munster, and uh, they have a young lad there, Emil Richter, a v- very good player. And as you've seen in the last day, well, it was a two-four from one Hurley, so he'll have to be watched up front. But uh, they have an interesting guy at full forward. And yeah, I was going to mention him. Yeah, there, Mike McMahon. Um, yeah, he, he, he's a giant of a man, an absolute giant of a man. Uh, he's thirty-eight or thirty-nine years of age now, and. No sign of slowing down or maybe quickening up in his case, but uh, he's gone at the same pace for years. But he is a giant of a man, and I was just reading there about him during the week. He does interesting training, Paul. He does the strongman training. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was pulling 14 ton tractors 20 meters there during lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I mean, they can't, they have the option of getting the ball into him and then feeding feeding the, the, the maybe livelier guys around them. So uh, they will have to keep. They will have to keep an eye an eye on Mike McMahon as well because he can create even at thirty eight he'll create 
opportunities for the others where the goals come from. So, you know, Tommy and the lads, they'll, they have a lot of work to do this week, just to, a lot of homework to do just to nail down uh, uh, Newcastle West. But if, look, if, 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 if they get their matchups right, I, I genuinely see uh, commercials winning this with a few points to spare. Yeah, and, and I was going to mention Mike McMahon because he's, as you said, he, he must be, I don't know, 6'3 or, or that or 6'4, but he's like training strongman or whatever, so he's an absolute unit of a lad. Um, oh, and he's going to be in full forward. And like, commercials have a fairly young uh, defence, so I'm wondering, I think last year they'd have put Seamus Kendi on him, so you might maybe see that again, just in terms of you need kind of a bit of physical size on him as well but the other player I wanted to bring up with you was Keen Sheehan um, I thought he was really good against Clamell last year he's kind of one of those players um, looks unorthodox in the way he's really quick running with the ball and he's one of those kind of players yeah looks a bit unorthodox looks kind of like a soccer player running around he often has kind of bright boots on but he's like really quick really um, direct and he's someone you'd nearly be just pinning a man on for the whole game Um, yeah um He's in Australia, Paul, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> so they won't have to worry about that. So, right, I thought he played in the county final. I must have read the, read the wrong thing. I know, yeah. He didn't play the county final, in it. Right. Yeah, he's in Australia for the years. And that's not to say, you know, as we know from our own club champions, lads fly home from everywhere. So, right. not to say you won't see him in Sunday. But, um, yeah, he, he, as far as I know, he's in Australia. He didn't play the county final anyway. Right, well, that's uh, another nice piece of information to have before Sunday and uh, a nice boost to the Clonmel uh, cause, no doubt. So, all right, we don't have to worry about Keane Sheehan anyway. But um, you mentioned Emmett Rigter there as well, a, a Limerick under-20 player, um, scored a goal last year, kind of a long-rangey kind of young midfielder. Um, again, he's another kind of lad, kind of goes all day and around the middle of the field. Yeah, he, he seems to be, I think, Sonny, he's his second-year senior, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, He's certainly one that has caught commercials eyes in the county final because uh, talking to one or, two, one or two of their management team, he's the name that keeps coming up all the time. And yeah, he, there'll, there'll certainly be somebody assigned to, to try lessen his influence on the game. Yeah, so really looking forward to that one. Half one on Sunday and uh, myself and Anthony will be uh, covering live commentary of that game here on Tip FM uh, with thanks to John Kennedy Motors down in Clonmel. Uh, there's plenty of other games uh, happening across the weekend. Even commercials themselves are in the Junior B County Final on Saturday. That's at 2 o'clock in Castellini. Uh, Clonmel commercials versus Shannon Rovers. So um, commercials will be looking to maybe uh, get their weekend off to to a winning start. I believe that's their third, third team, Anthony, I think, isn't it? So it's Shannon Rovers' yeah. first team in football but it shows kind of maybe the strength in depth that commercials do have yeah it's their third team but look it's Shannon Rovers first team so you'd imagine to be up a, to be up against it I spoke with Joe Hannigan last night at the meet and um, Joe assures me that Shannon Rovers would win this and even if they had a bit of training they'd beat um, they'd beat a commercials first team <laughs> <laughs> but Joe would never be shy that anyway yeah, it was very much tongue in cheek to be fair but um, yeah that, that should be a good game you know, Shannon Rovers uh, fourth team against commercials third team commercials have a lot of young lads it's not your normal junior B team and they have kind of moonwalked their way to, to the county final so far so, yeah it should be an interesting game
Yeah, that's 2 o'clock in Castellani on Saturday. Another game on Saturday worth keeping an eye on is our County Junior A football champions, Sean Tracy's. They're playing Cork's Kilmurray. This is the Munster Junior Football Championship quarterfinal, half past one in Temple Tui. Anthony, I'm not sure if you know too much about either of, of these teams, but uh, it's uh, Sean Tracy's against Kilmurray in Temple Tui on Saturday. Um, yeah, just a, a general kind of take on that game. Yeah, look, I mean, Sean Tracy will be up against it here. Um, Kilmurray were beaten in the Munster the Munster Junior Final. If you remember, Kilmurray beat um, Thurla Sarsfield in the Munster semi-final last year. And uh, they were went on to play in the in the junior final against Fossa. Uh, they end up back in the junior again this year, even though uh, because of a restructure down in Cork, it's now called the Premier Junior. So there was a restructure between the intermediate championship and the and the junior championship. So uh, they're eligible to play in this championship again this year. So look, Sean Tracy, it'll be a match that uh, I certainly have an interest. Uh, strong or strong creamy connections here in the in the Shelley family so it's one that I'll be tipping out for but uh, look Sean Tracy has some good players there they have Sean Ryan Rogers Sean <coughs> um, Boric O'Leary Sean Hickey a full back like that They're, all these lads well able to play football um, the, I think Sean Ryan Rogers was in, was in with tip even last year early on in, the, in with the tip footballers early on in the year but Kilmurray, after getting to a Munster Junior Final last year, you would have to you uh, and beating a very strong Sarsfield team in 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 the semi final of that, you would have to say that they would be strong favourites to to progress here. But sure, look, with hopefully, 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 I'm wrong in that Sean Tracy's do get through certainly one I'll be going out to tomorrow anyway yeah we wish uh, Sean Tracy's all the best look they're representing Tipperary in the Munster Junior Football Championship on Sunday we mentioned of course the commercials the Newcastle West game on at half past one in Semple Stadium but at the same time out in Bansha it's the intermediate uh, Munster Football Championship quarterfinal Grange Mokler Ballyneal fresh off their uh, big win last weekend over Aherlow in that replay of the intermediate championship they're going up against uh, Watford side Roan Moore um, and this one is on in Bansha at uh, half one on Sunday just looking ahead to this game I just said I'd, I'd look up Rowan Moore see see how they got to this stage and I, I saw that they only won a senior um, relegation uh, intermediate promotion a promotion relegation playoff last Monday night so against Stradbally in extra time by a point so I mm. had kind of been a little bit worried about Grange Moker <coughs> because I'm sure they had plenty of celebrations last weekend but I'm sure uh, Rowan Moore um, are probably just the same in Watford so it's kind of hard to tell who's going to be the fresher the two fifteens here on on Sunday. Yeah, I think very much. I think they were intermediate champions last year as well. Though yeah. Watford again a restructure of the championship there with the Premier Intermediate. So, um, yeah, hard to know. You, look, no secret with me. I'm I'm a big fan, big fan of of, of Grange Motor, um, and and the way the way to go about their business. And right, they they did make hard work of it against the, a a really good. Aherlow team last week and was probably one of the games of the year to be honest. Uh, both games they were absolutely nail biting stuff. But uh, if 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 they have their minds back in the game because they, you know much like we were saying with commercials last year, very hard to put two back to back performances and they had um, like that county final was was four years coming for Grange Walker. So if the celebrations have settled down, uh, I I I would I would I would hope to see that Grange Walker should have enough. To, to get over but um, 
Rowan Moore in this one. Yeah, and, and Rowan Moore, just reading about it, they um, have gone from junior up to senior in down in Watford in the space of four years. So uh, clearly a club on the rise there down in Watford. So that's on Sunday, Grange Mokler against Rowan Moore, half past one in Bansha. Before I let you go, Anthony, there's been a lot of kind of talk uh, over the last... I don't know, it's often, it's very much off-season talk in terms of restructuring and all these kind of things. But the actual game of football in general, we've seen a few county finals on telly, particularly the Mayo one, I believe that finished six points to four or something like that, where people are looking for um, maybe more progression in terms of the play style of, of Gaelic football at the minute, that it's probably overly defensive and maybe not as entertaining as you'd like it to be. Just have you any kind of thoughts on that or any possible things you could see to maybe make the game a bit more appealing on the eye? Um, yeah, it, like it is. Like, let's be honest, even though some of us, some of us love the game, the, the product is a really, really tough watch to, to to even go to matches now. Like There's so much hand passing and um, over and back and backwards and don't give away the ball and um, at all costs, like they, teams are going out to not to lose rather than going out to win, and um, yeah, this I don't know, um, Paul. There's, there's, there's so much, there's so much could be done. Like, but I would, um, I have a maybe an unusual take on it that I get rid of the 65 meter line, and yeah, because in Ireland that means London move just have one line across the middle of the field, and um, the the. Once, once in football, once you cross that line in football, that you can't go back over it, you know, and that might, um, that might maybe add to a, a more, more attractive, more attractive game. Yeah. Uh, well, go ahead. The other side is, and this would be fairly radical, uh, and it probably would never get through. But any time I watch the thirteen side game of football, it's been a beautiful watch. Um, Loads of space, particularly for for the good ball players. The ball is kicked a lot more often because of 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 more space. So, you know, there's two two little tweaks. Well, to be major tweaks, I suppose, but uh, that could be done. But something has to be done, and you know, there'll be better brands than myself trying to figure this out. But I mean, if it keeps going the way it is in ten years' time, the game will be dead. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, and like because like when I'm watching inter-county football even like you know apart from the Tipperary games and that that I'd be covering like I'd zone out of a lot of the football championship until it gets to the down to the the latter stages just from an entertainment point of view but I I see lots of um, kind of comparisons with articles that were done years and years ago about basketball um, being kind of boring and, and negative in terms of the play styles at the time because basketball has a thing called the shot clock. So you you get the ball, the ball is inbounded. You've 24 seconds to, to get a shot off um, and then it resets because before that there was no shot clock. So what was happening in games is a, a team would take the lead and they just start playing the ball around the place and just passing it and passing it and just keeping possession. Yeah. Um, and the, I, I'm not sure was the, the backcourt rule a thing. So that's kind of what you're talking about there with the terms of the halfway line in basketball. You've eight seconds to get up to the, to the middle of the court. And then once you go uh, past that line, you can't go back. So that kind of forces attack. And I, I'd imagine something like that could work in Gaelic football. You mentioned the, the halfway line rule there, but um, you could even do that on your own 65 so you wouldn't have to go changing the lines every day. Um, yeah, you could do it on the 65 as well, yeah. But, um, yeah we, need to, we need to do something and maybe, I suppose, 
you know, when it's easy to talk about these, but the guys making the rules, I suppose that has to, it has to work for, you know, a junior B championship or a, where there's only one man referee in a, you know, trying to keep the discipline, the score, uh, and uh, now has to be able to, you know, you can't ask them to to be looking at a shot clock or even even my thing of make sure that they can come back out over the 65. Maybe that one will be easier, easier sort, all right. But there's a lot of work to be done into it. But if they don't sit down and do a quick pot, um, there'll be nobody watching Gaelic games. I mean, last year, you did, you, you did a lot of the the tip matches last year with um, with with Philly Ryan. And I'd say at times, you were struggling to, because there was nothing going on in the field. Like, it was over and back and backwards from, from all teams. Like, you know, mm. You were nearly asking each other how the families were at that stage. Like you could, you could have went to that sort of chat just to fill the time. Like, yeah, no, it was, an, it was an experience anyway. But like, it, this isn't something that is at the fault of managers, right? Like, this is the way the game is set up. Like, you you don't want to just be kicking the ball down because you're going to get punished for it. So you kind of have to set a, a system up of rewarding or, or rewarding or forcing teams to attack. So like, I was saying with the shot clock, it mightn't even be a shot clock, but if you had as you 45 seconds from your own kick out or whatever or from your own possession to to get the ball inside the the other team's 21 i think that would be something because at least it would force okay we've held on to the ball for 40 seconds here we we just need to kick this in now and it yeah. would it would make for some way of a more exciting spectacle but in terms of yeah it would be hard for lo- down at local level in terms of if it's a a match with maybe just one official and you're struggling for umpires how are you going to how are you going to officiate that but I suppose if it was a if you just started with the senior level, like and just have, you know, you, you have your forty five second shot clock there to get the ball inside the, the opponent's twenty one, um, you know, I think it's something worth trialing at least because football, when it's played attacking end to end football, is a brilliant sport. So they just need to some way facilitate that more that play style. Yeah, well, like it is. You're right. It is a brilliant sport and and the most the most popular sport in Ireland, but. By by some distance, but it, we're coming. It's coming back to the pack. It's coming back to the pack because, you know, a bit like you, that ten years ago I would have watched every championship game. Now I now I'm picking and choosing because you kind of go, I'm going to, you know, this is going to be a hard watch, you know, and you kind of go better things to be doing than watching that. So, yeah, definitely, maybe, maybe, maybe a certain amount of time to score from the kickout, but certainly push the teams out because we're going to be there on Sunday Paul we're going to look at Newcastle West with 13, 14 men behind the ball and um, commercials I have same patience that commercials need but realistically that's going to be a hard watch because it's going to be over and back over and back waiting for somebody waiting for a Newcastle West man to switch off so you can find the gap to to to, um, to make a run into something like, I mean that's that's not what a crowd wants to see when they go to when they go to matches. They want to see what they what what they've seen against with Nemo and, and Tramiel commercials last year live in telly. I mean, that was that was football at its best. Uh, but you know you have to play what's in front of you. Commercials can't kick the ball in next week because there'll be fourteen men waiting to collect it. So they're going to have to be patient. So yeah, you need something to force these teams out of their defensive zone. So. Maybe, maybe, maybe your forty-five second, even a minute, shot clock, would force them up because if um, 
if they can put, put pressure on the carrier, they're not going to get inside the, the 21, as you were saying there. You know, so, yeah, yeah, we definitely something radical needs to happen, Paul, because it's a very poor product at the moment. Yeah, so let's hope, let's hope you know, these are all kind of theories at the minute, and oftentimes, the, the, particularly hurling, is kind of uh, criticised for ch- changing too many rules too too often, and, and they probably do do that, but um, I definitely think something needs to be done with football. Well, funny enough, Paul, did you mention hurling? Like, hurling's really going the same way. It's becoming into a possession game. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, hand pass, hand pass, hand pass, shoot from 90 yards. Like, that's not really what the, the traditionalists in Hurling want to see either. Like, so the coaches are taking over and, you know, don't hit the 50-50 ball, don't take a chance. So, you know, the only chance they're taking is shooting from 90 yards. And, um, you know, in Hurling, if they don't get on top of it, particularly with the throw ball and stuff like that, uh, if they don't get on top of it shortly, in five or six years' time, they'll be having the same conversation as the footballers are having at the moment as well. Yeah, so in, interesting times uh, lie ahead, but uh, we'll leave it at that for now, Anthony. I will talk to you on Sunday inside in Semple Stadium for our commentary of commercials versus Newcastle West. Hopefully, we'll get some nice attacking football uh, come Sunday, but we'll talk to you then, Anthony. Thanks yeah, for joining us on Across the Line. Paul. See you then. Thank you. Bye. And my many thanks to Anthony Shelley there joining us, looking ahead to all things football and having a good chat there on uh, the future of the game of Gaelic football. Now, just before we take our second ad break, just a couple of things to mention. Firstly, big congratulations to my former school, Nina CBS, on capturing their first ever Dean Ryan Cup final. Of course, it used to be under 16 and a half uh, A hurling. Now it's under 17 A hurling. A massive win for the school. They're down five points at halftime against St. Flannans of Ennis. But a second half comeback uh, saw them win 215 to 18 points. A really good performance there by uh, Owen Dohan of Money Goal. Uh, he scored both goals. Could have had a few more on the day as well. But really good performance all around. So fair play to, uh, I believe, the teachers and mentors. Uh, Philip Hickey there from Nina Rogue and Miriam Campion uh, were involved with the team, as were a couple of more as well. So well done to everyone there in Nina CBS. Uh, also, just to mention uh, Mikey Cronin, um, congrats to him. Uh, Carrick Davins, club man, he's been appointed as the uh, Watford under-20 football manager. So uh, And he's gone in as a selector uh, with the senior footballers as well. So we wish him all the very best in his endeavours. And just one final thing to mention before the break is Kill Sheelan, Kill Cash. They're holding a fundraiser this Saturday night. And it's on uh, the uh, this Saturday night. It's a big fundraiser um, called the Jungle Challenge. So it's kind of like I'm a celebrity. I believe David Power is involved there. So I wish them all the very best of luck. You can head over head over to the GoFundMe page, uh, Kill Sheelan, Kill Cash GA uh, fundraiser. They've raised over 15,000 at the minute, trying to raise 20,000. So it's on in Hotel Manila uh, down in Clonmel on tomorrow evening. So uh, the very best luck with that for Kill Sheelan, Kill Cash. And if you want to donate a few quid uh, to Kill Sheelan, Kill Cash, just uh, head on to their GoFundMe page there. So uh, we're going to take a quick ad break. We're going to be talking rugby and greyhound racing after these. And you're welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 10th of November 2023. Now, before we move on to rugby chat, just a quick uh, best of luck sending out to the Tipperary Women in Action down in Australia this weekend. Of course, the AFLW uh, season has gone into the playoffs. So Orlo Dwyer is involved with the Brisbane Lions in the early hours of Saturday morning. Ashley Maloney is involved with the Geelong Cats in the early hours of Sunday morning. And uh, Neve Martin is also involved for the North Melbourne Kangaroo 
Cruise there on uh, the early hours of Sunday morning Irish time as well. So the very best of luck to all involved there. Um, now we move on to rugby and it's been a great start to the uh, season for the Tipperary teams in the AIL. Of course, Nina leads Division 2A. Uh, they're up in Antrim tomorrow playing Ballymena at half past two. Clonmel are at home to Omacademicals in Division 2C at half past two. And Cashel are also at home. This is in Division 2A. They currently sit second and they're at home to the team that sits in third place. That is UL Bohemian. And to look ahead to that match, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Peter Silk of Cashel Rugby Club. Peter, you're welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Peter, you've had a very good start to the uh, campaign, I suppose. It started off with a loss, but since then, uh, it's been three wins on the bounce over Malone, Greystones and Ballymena last weekend. Um, up to second place in the table, just behind Nina. And uh, yeah, it's just been a, a very good start to the campaign. It was indeed. And um, I suppose we were very disappointed to lose the first game uh, away to Banbridge. Uh, we played some decent rugby, but just faded a little bit at the end of the game. But since then, we've regrouped. And, um, you know, the three wins are important. It's good to get a good start to the season. Um, now, we've had a few, a good few injuries. And uh, in spite of that, we're in second place, which is, is encouraging. Um, you know, we've had a very difficult game with Ballymena last week. They, were, they had a very strong pack. But uh, we grounded out. It wasn't pretty. But, um, you know, our pack played very well and uh, in difficult conditions, we had a very good win. So, um, you know, it's, as I said earlier on, it's, it's important to get a good start. You don't want to be struggling early on in the season because then you're playing catch-up. And uh, I suppose what we're doing at the moment is trying to keep pace with Nina, who have had four wins and are really running away with the league. So um, <clears throat> it's important that we keep winning. Yeah, and you have a, a good chance, I suppose, this weekend in terms of um, extending the, the lead over some of the other teams around you because you're at home to UL Bohemian and you're second on 14 points. They're at third place on 14 points. Um, you've beat, you beat them twice last year, um, but this is a, a, another chance maybe to just keep uh, progressing up the ranks. Well, I suppose it is really. They're, they're in the same position as we are. Um, you know, teams change from year to year and just because you beat a team um, last season doesn't mean you'll beat them this season mm. so we haven't seen them playing uh, but obviously they're playing reasonably well they have three wins as well and um, you know we're we're just hoping that home advantage will see us through but um, I think that will be a very good test and just looking at the league table between second position and eighth position there's only a difference of six points uh, which is very very little one win with the bonus points and the points behind second place as well you know so um it's 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 a competitive league um there are a lot of good teams and on, on any given day a team can take out another team uh, unfortunately Nina seems to be going on without uh without any problem and uh, i suppose the matches with them uh when we come up later on in the year will be very very important if we can keep our position in second place um well then you know that'll make a, a real contest when Nina come to town. Yeah, and I believe those uh, those games are towards the end of December, I think, and start of January um, around that time, anyway. So there's something to really look forward to in terms of the, in terms of the table and both locally here in the county as well. But um, absolutely, yeah, they're they're back to back matches, and um, 
they will be they, they could decide the, the winners of the league to be honest yeah no really looking forward to that but for this weekend you have UL Bohemian at home at half past two in Spafield on Saturday afternoon um, just elsewhere uh, this week yesterday it was announced that uh, Dermot Barron was going to Captain Munster they're playing this evening at, uh, at uh, up in Belfast against Ulster um, of course uh, Dermot with a, a lot of roots in the in the Cashel Rugby Club well, Dermot's family played with the uh, with the club. His father played uh, with with Cashel. His uncle's patron, Kevin Walsh, played with um, with Cashel back in the day. And Dermot himself played with us until he was under quite. Tw- he was under twelve. Uh, he played with our mini section. He then went to Rockwell College, and uh, from there he went on to the academy. He's a fine player and a fine young fella. Um, you know, he's very supportive of the club, and uh, I think this is a fantastic honour for him. Uh, he's really progressing, and I, I'd say he's the number one hooker in Munster at the moment. Um, he, actually, he came to Cashel a few weeks ago with Graham Roundtree, Dennis Leary, and Mike Prendergast, and they brought the URC trophy <clears throat> to Cashel with them. So we had a wonderful night, and um, it was great to see all those high-profile coaches um, coming to the club. And, um, you know, Dennis Leamy is doing very well as the, the, the coach with, with Munster, and Dermot is following in his footsteps, so hopefully he'll go on to bigger and greater things. Yeah, no, it's really great to see. It's always good to see that kind of local link in with Munster as well. Um, it's a big part of of Munster, I think. But yeah, that that URC trophy. Um, I was down in Feathertown Park when they opened, and they had it down there. It's a, it's a fine piece of a uh, kit, and it's a it's a very heavy it piece of uh, metal as well. It is indeed. It yeah. is, and you can't fill it. there's no room to fill it but anyway but it was great that Munster won that trophy it was important I think for the progression of the team that they they took that trophy home you know and it was a great achievement really when you think of all the away matches they had yeah and uh, even uh, another kind of local involved this evening is Jake Flannery who's going well with Ulster and he's uh, from Bancha, of course. He's on the, the bench with Ulster, but started last weekend and doing really well. So rugby right. locally is in, is in a good place, Peter. And uh, we wish you the very best of luck uh, come tomorrow afternoon. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. Um, and while, while we're on, uh, you know, I think um, rugby in Tipperary has always been very strong. And in, in addition to the three senior clubs, you know, you have some very strong junior clubs like Ken William, Kilfeekel, Thurless. You know, they have a proud tradition as well. And those clubs deserve great support. Uh, the matches are quite competitive and of a high standard. So if people come along to support the teams, uh, you know, it gives the teams encouragement to, um, to continue. So I'd be saying to local people, get out and support your local club. Um, they're giving a good product and uh, it's a, quite an entertaining day. So hopefully we can bring home the bacon on Saturday, Paul. And uh, I wish all the clubs in Tipperary the best to look over the weekend. Yeah, and and uh, I would definitely agree with that. Being to the uh, Nina Norman games last last year, and uh, both against Cashel inside Nina and and against um, Highfield and uh, in the Munster Cup and things like that. It's a great day out and uh, really entertaining games. But Peter, we're going to have to leave it at that. As I said, best to look over the weekend, and we'll catch up in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much, Paul. And my many thanks to Peter Silk there from Cashel Rugby Club looking ahead to the weekend's rugby action. But now, as always, at this time of a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. 
so there's plenty of great greyhound racing to look forward to over the course of the next uh, couple of nights and uh, it's a very special weekend of course uh, for greyhound racing it's our annual open weekend um rossi lekela is here and um of course that offers um free greyhound racing admission uh, join the fun and visit our local Greyhound Stadium over the coming nights and uh, glad to report that um, Cur- or that um, Clanmel tonight of course is part of that so if you're heading along you'll get that free admission and also at Turles Greyhound Stadium on Saturday night offering free admission as well so it's going to be a great night and uh, the, the sales team will be there to help you if you have any questions about fundraising or hosting events and uh, you will also get a chance to meet our Irish Retired Greyhound Trust ambassadors on the night no we're going to switch our attentions to action on the track and um, as I said all starts down there in Clanmel tonight at 7.30 some good racing action to look forward to over the course of the night and uh, we're going to take a look at uh, race number 8 on the card which is an interesting contest um, it's an A4 race and uh, trap number 1 minor rocker looks like a leading player here from trap number 1 um, it's been threatening to return to winning form in recent outings and I think uh, tonight could be the night for Mary O'Connor's uh, lady. She's won twice in the past. She's taking a drop down into A4 company with a good draw along the inside of the track and she operates well from the inside of the track and I think that's the standout selection um, in Clanmel there tonight. Switching our attentions to uh, Thurless on Saturday night. Um, more good racing action to look forward to on um um, Saturday night at Turles of course they've had some great nights there in recent weeks and expecting another um, good night there tomorrow night a couple of eye-catching races um, down for decision we're going to take a look at uh, race number 8 uh, which is a, an A4 contest here and um, a couple of decent sorts in opposition here trap number 1 is going to be the, the selection Classy Diva uh, this one for the Feel Good Racing Syndicate. I um, think that one has a great chance from trap number one. Ran well in defeat last time and uh, expecting that to uh, go very close. Obviously, the likes of Palace Hill in trap number two for Pora Campion uh, is another leading player there. So that's Turles on Saturday night at 7.35. Uh, start switching our attentions um, back to uh, Clan Mel. Um, on Sunday night of course and um, they have a good uh, care down uh, there for decision on Sunday night with a, with a couple of classy sorts in opposition and uh, very much looking forward um, to the uh, big races on the racing programme on Sunday night it's always a fantastic competition and that of course is the um, Riverside Stud Munster uh, Juvenile uh, Cup two semi-finals down for decision kindly sponsored by uh, Nicky and Graham Holland of course the champion trainers in Golden and uh, they've enjoyed another remarkable year in the, in the world of Greyhound Racing and Graham has a, a, a strong team in the semi-finals Fay Point Harvey uh, will be well fancied in the opening uh, semi-final 28-78 on the clock uh, last time it's got lovely early pace a very promising March puppy it's owned by Patricia Flanagan down in Gorey and um, should prove a tough nut to crack while in the second semi-final all eyes will be on annual Coco for Shane O'Gorman in Port Law standout performance in the competition last week when winning in a sensational 28-18 Graham Holland is represented with Fay Point Sean was unbeaten so far 6 wins from 6 
weeks career outings uh, 28.41 in the clock last time powerful performer owned by Patricia Flanagan down there in Gorey so it really is a brilliant night of racing in, in Clamell on Sunday night 7,000 euros to the winner of that competition uh, next week so very much looking forward to that back to uh, the standout racing uh, this weekend of course it's the will we go dot uh, com Irish St. Ledger at Limerick and um, very much looking forward to this on Saturday night a couple to keep an eye on well Sober Glory has yet to taste success in the competition so far leading player in the opening heat for Carol Ramsbottom but Pat Buckley uh, will have strong claims here with Glengar Alves the Capoy trainer um, in good form in recent weeks but keep an eye on another holiday that's actually going to be the selection here owned by Jack Roach uh, in Limerick and trained by Michael O'Donovan in Tipperary I think that one can dominate uh, from start to finish Pat Buckley has strong claims in the second um, heat with uh, trap number one Balanabula who ran well in defeat last time but Swords Rex will start his favourite here after setting the standard last week 29-27 an unbelievable performance from the Graham Holland trained runner Bobsleigh Dream will be a big player for Capo White trainer Pat Buckley in the third heat of course defending champion uh, was on top form last time and winning in 29-68 the likes of Music a glide away uh, for Pat Gilfoyle and Trinity Junior for Peter Cronin down in Mooncoin are others with leading claims and on to the final uh, quarter final going to take a chance with Clambrain Treaty who was inch perfect last week when winning for Graham Holland in 29-42 so 30 1,000 euros to the winner of that wonderful competition. Very much looking forward to seeing how it will unfold on Saturday night as we look ahead to the semi-finals next week. And many thanks to Barry Direct there providing us that weekly Greyhound update. Now that's just about all we got time for for this weekend's show. If you're just tuning in now and you want to listen back, it will be on the Tip FM SoundCloud in a matter of a couple of minutes here. And uh, just a reminder as well, Sunday half past one in Semple Stadium, Tipperary or Tip FM will be there for Clamell Commercials versus Newcastle West live commentary of that game with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. So I'll be on duty for that one, so I'll be off air until then. So until Sunday, have a good Good weekend and we'll see you then. Bye for now.